This is Matthew 11, verse 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, can I add my welcome to Alison's if you've joined us since the start of the service? I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty weary and it's only January. Or maybe it's because it's January. Life sometimes feels like we're on a never-ending treadmill, doesn't it? The intensity of parliamentary life the drama and responsibility of politics, the ongoing effects of the pandemic, the constant juggling, it so easily wears us down. And so often our weariness isn't simply a feeling of physical exhaustion that can be fixed by a weekend break or a holiday. It's much deeper. It's a soul weariness perhaps driven by the need to prove ourselves or to make a success of life. Maybe it's a fear of failing or disappointing others, or simply a dissatisfaction that life hasn't turned out the way we want. How easily are we weighed down by fear, guilt, anxiety, regret, emotional heartbreak and the consequences of sin? We may even feel crushed by religion as we desperately try to match up to God's standards to be a good Christian. This was certainly the problem of the religious leaders in Matthew's Gospel who were adding a whole long list of religious requirements in their attempt to keep God's law. And even if we're not trying to live up to God's standards, then our own standards can be pretty demanding, can't they? We may not have given much thought or even be willing to admit it, but within all of us, there is a restlessness that can feel burdensome at times. And it is into this that Jesus offers this well-known invitation. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In this invitation, Jesus calls us to three things. Firstly, he calls us to himself. Secondly, he offers us true rest. And lastly, he invites us to take up his yoke. So firstly, Jesus calls us to himself. The simplicity of Jesus' promise here is striking, isn't it? As one writer put it, Jesus doesn't offer us a full-fold path to peace giving enlightenment, like the Buddha. He doesn't give us five pillars of peace and submission, as Islam does. Nor does he give us ten ways to relieve your weariness, 
which we pragmatic, self-help-orientated Brits are often drawn to. Instead, Jesus offers us himself as the universal solution to all that burdens us. And his simple solution is an audacious and bold claim, come to me. But how is he able to say this? Well, we see from verse 27 that he is claiming nothing less than to be divine and to have the authority of God. He's saying that if we go to him, we are actually going to God himself. In fact, he's saying that he's the only way to know God, the source of true rest. So what does coming to Jesus mean? Well, when we read the context, his meaning becomes very clear. Earlier in chapter 11, Jesus rebukes the cities and religious leaders who refused to believe in him despite seeing his miracles. When Jesus says, come to me, he means believe in who I claim to be and therefore what I'm able to do for you. And yet, Jesus makes it very clear that not everyone will accept his call and believe. The so-called wise at the time were convinced they didn't need Jesus and refused to acknowledge who he was. They were very happy relying on themselves. This led Jesus to hide the way from them, verse 25. Similarly, many of the so-called wise of our generation draw similar conclusions. So we shouldn't be surprised when Jesus hides the way from them too. In contrast, Jesus delights in revealing himself to those who come like little children, literally babies. My friend Jen has a gorgeous baby boy, Toby. I met him for the first time on Sunday and it was a delight. He really is cute rather than just that kind of parent cute. Anyway, Toby is utterly dependent on his mum for everything and it would be mad for him to try to go alone. It is equally just as absurd for us to think that we don't need Jesus. Coming to him requires us to accept our utter dependence on him and that only he can meet our needs. And here is where our weary souls are put to the test. Will we come to him? Will we believe in him? Will we accept our need for Jesus and therefore his incredible offer of rest? So secondly, Jesus offers us rest. So what does he mean when he offers us rest? When I idolise rest, I sort of picture myself lying by a beautiful swimming pool, sun shining, maybe a pina colada in hand. And yet Jesus is not talking about physical rest here. The rest that Jesus offers is so much deeper than this. It is a soul-satisfying rest, a rest which meets the deepest longings of our hearts, a rest that brings an end to the crushing burdens we carry. It's a rest from the condemnation of sin that we're all under. In the same way that our bodies need REM sleep to function well, our souls need spiritual REM rest to flourish. And this rest is only found through a relationship with Jesus. It is a rest that is found by coming regularly to him with our burdens, entrusting them to him, knowing that he can deal with them and we can't. And if we've accepted Jesus' call to come to him, we can experience that rest 
right now. And yet we won't enjoy complete rest until the new creation. This life is rather like an aperitif preparing us for the delicious meal ahead. So when things feel hard, we need to remember that this isn't it. As Hebrews 4 says, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, a rest which is found in heaven. It is a rest where everything will be redeemed and God will again live with his people. A rest where there will no longer be fear or disappointment or anxiety, where we'll no longer have to deal with ill health, failing bodies and death. A rest where our work will be glorifying, fulfilling and pleasing. Even our leisure will be redeemed. Imagine being able to run the London Marathon without pain. Our relationships will be fully satisfied too. Our conversations won't involve power play, gossip or slander. Instead, we'll be restored to the perfection for which God created us. How wonderful and restful is that? So lastly, Jesus invites us to put on his yoke. So if Jesus has promised us rest, why does he go on to tell us to put on his yoke? Up to this point, it was sounding so good, wasn't it? But maybe there's some small print or this is the hidden terms and conditions. Well, for those of us who aren't farming experts, a yoke is a horizontal wooden bar that you lay on the neck of oxen for doing the work of pulling heavy loads. So the question is, is Jesus offering us rest or work? Jesus answers this question in John chapter 6, verse 29. He says this, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. When Jesus offers us his yoke, he is offering us a yoke exchange, literally a swap of yokes. At the cross, Jesus takes our heavy yoke of sin's penalty, and in exchange, he offers us the light yoke of trusting him. He does all the work of living the perfect life under God's law for us, And in exchange, he offers us rest. The only work that is required of us is to come to him and believe, to rest in his work rather than our good works. And if we continue with our farming analogy for a moment, typically an older ox would be yoked to a younger ox so that the younger ox could learn from the older one while the stronger ox would lead in carrying much more of the weight. In the same way, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, he's offering to lead us, to walk alongside us and to teach us. He's asking us to keep in step with him, following his lead and walking his way. This means we won't just come to him on a Sunday or pick up and choose when we put his yoke on. We're invited into a lifetime of learning with him. We may think, I don't want to be yoked. Surely this is just trading one set of burdens for another. But in reality, we are all yoked to something. The yoke of the religious leaders at the time was the yoke of self-righteousness and legalistic law-keeping. For us, it might be a yoke of perfectionism or a need to gain people's approval. Equally, it might be the yoke of needing to find fulfilment in a relationship or at work 
or some other area of our life which becomes enslaving. But the yoke that Jesus offers is freeing. Jesus is gentle and humble in heart, so we have nothing to fear from being yoked to him. He is a patient master who doesn't expect overnight results. He knows that we will make mistakes along the way, and he lays upon us an easy yoke and a light burden. In the same way that a carpenter makes many different sized yokes to fit different oxen, Jesus' yoke is individually designed and shaped perfectly to fit each of us. Jesus' yoke for me is unique and different from Alison's or Gary's or even yours. All he asks of us is to be his disciple, submitting our lives to following him. So as we finish, do you know the rest that Jesus offers? If you're here and you haven't yet accepted Jesus' wonderful invitation, it's worth just asking yourself, what's stopping you? Could you be in danger of being like the wise at the time, assuming you don't need him and can work things out for yourself? Can I urge you to pay attention to Jesus' warning that he will hide his rest from the self-reliant? Will you come to him today? And yet for many of us here, we have accepted the invitation to come, and yet we still don't always enjoy the rest that Jesus offers. We may have fallen back into the trap of relying on our works or have re-yoked ourselves to the things that crushed us in the past. If this is you or me, can I remind you that Jesus doesn't need you or expect more from you than you can manage. His yoke for you is perfectly tailored to you and his, his message is very simple. He asks nothing of you except to come to him. And coming to him will never be a one-off. We all need to come back to the cross daily, regularly handing over our struggles that we so easily pick up and burden ourselves with again and again. Will you do this today again? Let's be encouraged that whilst we get a taste of what true rest is like now, a better rest is still to come. We wait in anticipation for Christ's return when we, get, we will get to fully enjoy rest with him in the new heavens and the new earth. Why don't we turn to pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful invitation to come to you and your amazing offer of true rest for our souls, both now and for eternity. Give all of us a willingness to lay down the burden of our sin and struggles at the cross and to trust you instead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.